Hello everybody, this is your host Catherine reporting for duty for the weekly groceries. Um, how are you? How are you doing? Just want to say thank you for deciding to grow the garden of your life with me today because that's what we do over here on this channel is we grow together. So if you're new and you're unfamiliar with this space, uh, my name is Catherine and on the weekly groceries I deliver to you your weekly um, food for thought, food for heart and food for your soul to nourish you and to help you grow into a better individual. So if you're new or if you're not, please let me know in the comments how your week has been. Give it a thumbs up if you're enjoying this series because we're actually on what I believe to be week 13 of the weekly groceries. It honestly feels like yesterday that we were sitting in that tiny little greenhouse at my parents' home, which they're now selling, um, and they're moving on to different things. Um, but it honestly feels like yesterday that we were doing that. Time is weird. Time is a very strange concept for me. I can't tell. I can't tell if time is moving fast or moving slow. Let me know how it is for you. I just don't really feel like I live in time these days. I don't, I don't know what day it is today. I think it's Monday. I'm not sure. Does it really matter? Not really. So before we get into today's chat, let me know how your week was in the comments, what you're grateful for this week. Um, and then we'll get into it. We'll get into talking about what's been on my mind lately. But before we do that, and whilst you're kind of writing how your week was and let me know how you are, uh, I'm offering you today's uh, or this week's beverage which is not a blueberry drink concentrate from Ikea, although you might be fooled by looking at the bottle, wouldn't you? But things are not as they seem in this realm. And what's actually inside of here is blended pineapple chunks with a splash of coconut milk and some water whizzed up to create essentially a non-alcoholic pina colada. So aren't you very, very lucky? Um, and let me know where you are in the world right now, because uh, we're drinking a very tropical drink in the not-so-hot and tropical England, but we like to break rules over here. And currently the reason that I made this for you, and technically for me because you're not here physically to drink it, but I know that your soul on the astral realm is probably drinking this up with me, uh, is because at the moment I'm doing a soup and smoothie cleanse, because I felt very called to do a cleanse. Um, at the beginning of this year I did a juice fast, and I just wanted to reset my system, but this time round, because it's not very warm in England, I don't, I don't really feel like being very juicy. I don't really feel like drinking a lot of juice. I wanted something comforting and nourishing. So I kind of went halfway doing the soups and smoothies. So we're on day three. I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot easier than doing no food fast, which I made a video about that ages ago when I went 101 hours without food. Um, and I don't know if I'll be doing one of those until I'm called to do it again. But I like to listen to those little nudges that tell me it's time for you to purify yourself. It's time for you to detoxify your, your system um, and to take care of your health. Um, so that's why, that's why we've got this drink here today. Unfortunately, it comes out of the bottle very slow because it's very thick. Mm. Creamy, delicious, nutritious. That's what we love. So that's for you. I'm just going to put that over here. But um, what's been going on for me? <laughs> what's been going on? I've kind of been taking a bit of a rest um, from making videos just for a little bit because I felt like I needed to recuperate. And that's kind of the reason why I feel like I was divinely led to come back to the UK, come back to England after traveling in Mexico is because there was something in me that said it's time to go home to kind of tie up loose ends here in England and to... Basically, what I've been thinking about lately is this idea of returning back to the archaeological site of our inner wounds and how we can become emotional archaeologists, essentially. Because when we start to dig deeper into ourselves, we can then find the spiritual treasures underneath our pain. And so I've got something today that I really want to share with you, I want to read with you. Um, that is an, an excerpt of a note that I found on my phone and I had to write it out because I can't read off my phone and record at the same time. But this is from 19th of December 2019 and this is a note that I just randomly wrote on my phone 
clearly when I was not feeling so great. And so this is about three years ago now. Um, not that time even matters anyway, eh? But I just wanted to read this to you because this is a snippet into how I used to feel and what I, my, my, inner, my inner dialogue, the kinds of things that I would say to myself that I have since really learned how to alchemize and transmute by essentially becoming what I like to call an emotional archaeologist where you're, you're going back to the ruins, you're going back to the archaeological site of your life and you're detecting and being interested in finding hidden treasures that are lost amidst these ruins um, and really scouting for gold, scouting for what you really learned at those times that helped you evolve into the magnificent human that you are today because that is the process of life. We are here to traverse this path and we are here to really accept where we are on our journey knowing that we are unravelling our conditioning. We are unravelling those learned me mechanisms that we acquired when we were younger that imprinted upon us that we are not inherently enough in this world and that could be no further from the truth. We accumulate and we internalise so many different things from our past experiences that we think that there's something defective about us. They think We think that there's something wrong with us and this was a story that I was unconsciously playing for so long um, in my childhood and growing up is this idea that perhaps there is something wrong with me because I grew up in an environment where my, my family was not very emotionally available for reasons of their own and I really had to go and process that and to no longer internalise that as meaning that there is something wrong with me because if you grew up in a family or a situation where you were deprived of love or you're deprived of the, the care and the emotional attention and interest that you, you craved as a child and by the way last week's weekly groceries we were talking about how to be more emotionally available so you can check that out after our little chat today but if you grew up in that kind of environment you may have internalised this sense that you were doing something wrong or that things were your fault or that you were always to blame and that kind of comes up in our adult life and in our future self or well our present self as these feelings of perhaps worthlessness or not really feeling like we are deserving of being kind to ourselves or not really feeling like we are adequate and all of these things we accumulate and it kind of buries all of this mud and this sand and this dirt all over the initial uh, artifact the artifact being the hidden treasure being our initial self-worth to begin with that was always there that's been there for such a long time that's been there ever since you were born into this world and then we accumulate all of this different the, the layers of dirt that just completely obfuscate us from this inner truth this inner divine truth that we are worthy simply for existing we are valuable simply for being who we are and sometimes it is so hard for us to acknowledge this truth if we've been so clouded and so shadowed by all of these distortions that were imprinted upon us when we were younger, when we were so naive, when we didn't know any better, that we were just listening to people when they, they implied through their actions or their behaviours or their words, their nasty words, that maybe we aren't good enough, or maybe we're not doing things right, or maybe we don't really deserve their love. And so all of those different kinds of uh, imprints that we receive as children or as we're growing up, they, they build up over time and create this, this thick layer that distorts our perception of ourselves. It makes us really believe in the voice inside our head when it's saying that we're not worthy or that we're shit people or that we, we don't deserve goodness in this life. But I want to reassure you that underneath all of your pain, underneath all those layers of dirt that have just clouded your value, that have stopped you from really being able to see your inherent value and feel that on a very deep core embodied level, all of that is, it's lies. It's just, it's, it's the mud. It's the mud, it's the, the darkness that's really not allowing you to really feel and know and hold the, the gold, the treasure underneath. And by the way, I just painted my nails gold. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling, oh, there's a ladybird. Hello. Maybe I'll put the ladybird on my golden nails and show, show you. Hello, little buggy. I had this friend in, in Mexico uh, we had nicknames for each other. I'd call him Bumble Jay because his name's Jay. 
and he would call me Buggy Boo for some reason. And we had these little wooden, he painted me these little wooden, um, I don't know what they were, kitchen magnets or something? These little magnets. One of them was a ladybird and one of them was a bumblebee. And he said, I, look, I painted these for us and, and it's, it's us. So I just thought that was really, really, really cute and really sweet. But here we are. Look at this little, oh, it's out of focus. Sorry, I don't have a really fancy camera with me here. But there we are, Buggy Boo. Buggy Boo is here to join me and join you and join us in the weekly groceries to um, read out this excerpt that I wanted to share with you. So it's kind of me talking to myself in a message. Hey, right, hang on. 19th of December, 2019. We're gonna add some dramatic effect by adding in the date. Hey, it's me talking. I know right now that you feel like you have no self-esteem, that you are worthless, that you don't deserve good in your life, but you really, really do. Listen to that tiny voice in your head that tells you, I love you. It is trying to help you, so let it guide you and let those words kiss your brain and spread throughout your body. You can get through this, just as you always have and just as you always will. I love you, I love you, I love you. Do not listen to the critic inside of you that tells you that you're shit, that life is bad, or that you can't handle stress. You are better than that voice, and that voice is not you. It was born out of an environment deprived of love when you were younger. Do not even think that voice is a part of you or is you, because it is not. You can be happy and peaceful and you can get through this. I believe in you. Please trust me. Please trust that that voice that tells you it loves you, that voice within you is God. So trust in me. Trust in me so that your belief undoes your disbelief. So that was 19 year old Catherine writing a note having what I like to call one of these mind attacks. And I talk more about this in my um, program, my recent program, it's called Reconnect the Path to Newfound Power. You can find more details about that below to go on a self-explorative journey with me, to do inner work with me in a um, program setting, like a coaching setting. But um, it's, it's a mind attack. So what I mean when I say that is it's a flare-up of your old egoic habitual mind patterns that tell you stories inside of your head such as no one cares about me, I'm worthless, I'm shit. Clearly here my mind stories at the time were, sorry, just so cute, just, just sitting there, just enjoying. Aren't you Buggy Boo? <laughs> Leave a comment saying hi Buggy Boo <laughs> to say hello to him or her. I don't know how you tell the gender of ladybirds. I think it's something to do with the amount of spots that they have on them. I'm not too sure, but its gender doesn't really matter anyway. It's completely irrelevant to what we're talking about. But clearly my mind stories at the time of writing this were that I have no self-esteem. It's a story I used to tell myself, I have no self-esteem. I'm worthless, that I'm shit, that I don't deserve good in my life. And the thing is, when you're so invested and you're so lost unconsciously in these egoic mind patterns, and by the way, they are egoic because ego does not necessarily mean a sense of inflated sense of self where you feel like, yeah, I'm really great, everyone, look at me, and kind of like a narcissistic kind of ego. Ego can also mean a deflation of the self, a reduction of the self where you feel less than, where you feel unworthy, where you're feeling sorry for yourself, essentially. Both of those um, strivings or depletings are forms of ego moving towards a idealized version of self where you kind of feel an inner sense of lack so you have to overcompensate for that and say look everyone look how magnificent I am oh my god and you're kind of big-headed about it or there is a reduction in self where you make yourself feel smaller you make yourself feel like you have no power and you make yourself feel like a victim of your own problems both of those things are movements um, of your ego and they will perpetuate, particularly the one we're talking about right now, the depletion of the self, the reduction of the self, the making the self feel less than, is not really equivalent to your true whole and complete self that inherently knows that you are worthy simply as you are. In that state, in that state where you don't have these thoughts, in that state where you are not succumbing to those egoic mind patterns, and we're going to touch on how you can start letting go of those more in a second, in that state, you are totally 
at one with who you actually are, who you naturally are. And we think back to when you were a child, when you were a naive little child, before you had accepted all of these distortions and, pr and programmings that other people perhaps handed to you, unconsciously of course, because it always happens in unconsciousness, whenever people are lashing out at you or they're criticizing you or they're verbally demeaning you, or not really paying attention to you and making you not really feel worthy of attention, all of those things, they happen and are born out of unconsciousness. And that's how we can really learn to see past people's dysfunctional ways of behavior and see past the ways that maybe people treated you in the past. For example, I had to go through a very deep process and continue to do so of forgiving my family for their unconsciousness, forgiving them for not really being able to emotionally support me and encourage me in the ways that I had always wanted as a child. But when you were a child, you were pure, you were innocent, you were untouched by any sort of dysfunctional programming that convinced your computer-like brain that kind of installs different data and, and downloads different software that, of what other people are telling you and what other people are saying to you, especially when you're so young and you're so vulnerable at that age, of, you know, I've completely just lost what I was saying before then, but all these different programs, they are, not really the truth of who you actually are. When you're a child and you're in that naive, innocent, vulnerable state, you are just inculcating what people are saying into your sense of self, especially if it comes from your parents or your caregivers when you were younger, because you look up to them, you idealize them, and you take what they say as being true, or you, you internalize their actions or lack of actions towards you as being a reflection of how you should see yourself and how you should operate in the world. And if that, that kind of, those interactions are devoid of love or are in fact, perhaps, excuse me, bit of pineapple from the, the drink, um, are perhaps devoid of love, or they are devoid of a sense of care, of attention, of genuine presence, then you will internalize that. Innocent you, as a child, will internalize that as perhaps thinking that, oh, well, maybe I'm not actually deserving. Maybe I'm not actually good enough to uh, be appreciated, to be encouraged, and to be noticed and then we'll carry those things into our life with us, walking around this earth and roaming this earth, feeling like perhaps there is this lingering sense of inadequacy or feeling like there is something wrong with you. And the thing is that you are on the spiritual path. I know that if you're resonating with this channel right now, you are on the spiritual path. You are committed to growing. You are committed to knowing yourself, your true self, your actual representation of your true self that is part of that godliness that actually has godliness within them. And so when I said in this message, I didn't know that I was going to be reading this three years later, when I said in that message, please trust in that voice that tells you it loves you because that voice within you is God. I was already starting to see, even at the midst of a very dark and clearly very uh, saddening time for me, where I was really dwelling on my own problems and I was really lost in this unconscious sense of feeling worthless, even then, even then I saw a glimpse of that hidden treasure, that hidden treasure that I was talking about. And that's why we must become uh, emotional uh, archaeologists. One second, I'm getting a little bit cold here. Buggy Boo is starting to climb on my cardigan. I'm getting a little bit cold, so I'm just going to put my scarf on. Get cosy yourself if you want to, kick your feet up, that's what we're here to do. I like these long chats because, you know, they're just, they're just more casual. We can just talk about anything really. I kind of come to these things with an idea on my mind and then we, we, take, a, we take a journey. <laughs> we take a journey together um, and watch it unravel together. Um, but what I mean by becoming an emotional uh, archeologist is you become so willing to excavate all of, and purge out all of those denser things that are dwelling within you, those denser emotions that are just weighing on your heart, that are preventing you from actually shining and finding and connecting to that inner treasure, that inner reservoir of self-worth. Because your self-worth is not really up for question. It's not. It's always there, it's always been there, it's always available to you, just like a little, like an ancient artifact that's been there for the longest time. It's always there. It's just buried beneath the surface because we accumulate these layers of conditioning that convince us sometimes that maybe we aren't good enough in this world. And the reason that I um, speak about this today is because I feel like I've really been tying up loose ends in England. I had this feeling that I need to come home to kind of really 
purge out and process some of my old emotional wounds, particularly related to my family. And especially doing the, the juice, the not the juice cleanse, the, the soup and smoothie, soup and smoothie cleanse, the SSC. Um, I find that whenever I'm doing a fast or whenever I'm working with juices or just non-solid food, um, it tends to help me um, connect more to anything that I'm not really willing to see, anything that's kind of been suppressed within me that I've kind of not really been fully acknowledging. Because when you're not emotionally numbing yourself through food, for example, which I from time to time can certainly be guilty of, when, when I quit smoking, smoking cigarettes, I feel like uh, addiction is something that if you don't deal with the core issue, it's going to propagate itself and appear in a different form. So even if I did, even if, even though I quit smoking, I saw it reappearing in my relationship with food, just wanting to eat more sweet things to kind of satisfy that inner craving for something. So um, I, I can definitely sometimes find myself slipping into a vice of, you know, eating, eating out of comfort or eating lots of sweet things, for example. We all have our vices. I'm not hard on myself for it. I just think that, you know, in this life, you're, you're going to, at certain points on your journey, have different crutches. We all have different crutches. It's just a case of, are your crutches things that are beneficial for you more than harmful for you? So I'd rather, for example, I'd rather be, you know, eating a cookie than smoking a cigarette, which I know is, is depleting my ability to breathe in the, the good ass prana <laughs> in this world and to fully experience the freshness of this forest air right now. Um, another example of a crutch, we're kind of going on like a little tangent, but that's what we do here on the weekly groceries. Um, I'm sitting really weirdly now. I might take my shoes off. Should I take my shoes off? I always ask this question in a long car journey or on the plane. I'm like, should I take my shoes off? The answer, my friends, is always usually yes. So just bear with me one second as I take off my shoes. Kind of wish I had no socks on as well, but I think the floor is a bit lots of things on the floor like um, pine cones and things so I don't want to hurt my feet <laughs> but um, yes I have from time to time definitely found myself um, emotionally emotionally numbing in a way with with food and just enjoying food because I really do I love food and I, I, I really find myself sometimes getting lost in the sensory pleasure of food because it's so hard not to because tasty food just oh it envelops your senses and we are here in this human life to experience you know the full range of things so there's nothing there's nothing i find to be to be wrong with that if it's not done in excess but um the reason that i'm mentioning this is because when you're doing something like a cleanse uh, and you're not really eating and having your usual habits you kind of have to discipline yourself a little bit more you have to have a bit more self-control uh, when you're not going to food for comfort or you're not distracting yourself with food or you're distracting yourself with the whole routine of cooking then you can find and especially you know putting less dense foods in your body and clogging up your body less you may find that those uh, leftover untended ooh, excuse me those ooh, excuse me again those untended to emotions uh, and suppressed emotions more easily come to the surface and I remember distinctly when I was uh, in Mexico my friend Jay that I mentioned earlier, um, who, sorry, just looking at where Buggy Boo had gone, um, he, he told me, well, he introduced me to fasting and I said to him, I've been feeling really emotional during my fast, a lot of things came up for me and I just started crying out of nowhere, I was like processing a feeling of grief over something. And um, he said to me, yeah, that's totally normal when you're fasting and you're, you're not really in your usual habits of eating and you're not clogging up your body you might find that there's a lot of things that are jammed down there that are now coming to light because your body your body is expending less on digestion or you're thinking less about um your uh, indulging in food and more so things things can come through more readily things can come through that need to be purified that need to be transmuted so as i've been doing this ssc this soup and smoothie cleanse um, this week I've been finding that there's some old uh, emotional habits cropping up for me that I need to, I need to address and a, f a feeling of uh, not feeling worthy or not feeling deserving of some things in my life because there were some things that really, um, really triggered me this week to be honest, especially when I'm dealing with my family, I accept that that's where I am at on my, on my journey, on my process and likewise, you know, wherever you're at, if you 
find that you are still triggered around things. There's a really great quote actually that says, if you think that you are enlightened, go and spend a week with your family and then see what you think again, which basically speaks to how our our primary uh, attachments that we make initially when we come into this world through our, our parents or through whoever took care of you as a child, those are where our, uh, our wounds are most easily formed. That's really where the archaeological site is. Anywhere where you felt kind of um, really affected by someone's behaviour or you really feel like um, kind of impacted by something, let's say maybe something that you deem to be um, traumatic and traumatic doesn't have to mean this big shocking scary event it can literally mean um, something that really affected your consciousness affected the way that you saw things then we have to go back to these metaphorical archaeological sites and start finding the deeper spiritual lessons in them start finding the hidden artifacts within them because otherwise you're going to go about your life just feeling like why do I walk around this life not really feeling deserving or why do I always question my my value or why do I always attract people that are mean to me for example and all of these unconscious habits are going to keep on playing out until we really we process them we we go through what I like to call an emotional excavation process where we are going into the site of our wounding just temporarily just to kind of look at it to to eventually marvel at it and see the the beauty within it but we have to go back to that site temporarily just to see you know where did I acquire and where did I begin accepting limiting or, dis or distorted ways of seeing myself that are not inherently mine that do not actually belong to me so when I say in that message here do not listen to the, tr the critic inside of you that tells you your shit that life is bad or that you can't handle stress that voice was born out of environment deprived of love when you were younger and oftentimes you know that critical voice inside our head it, it doesn't come out of nowhere. It doesn't just randomly appear one day and then all of a sudden we're just doubting ourselves. It comes from our environment. It comes from being part of this world. It's just part of being human. We, we come into this world and we start experiencing things that kind of splinter the way that we see ourselves and start splintering our sense of self-worth and value. For example, if your parents were very belittling towards you and they were very demeaning and they never really seemed to encourage you very much then you might find that, that that's something that crops up for you and that feeling of uh, shame over who you are or inadequacy might re recur re recurrently I don't know if that's a word might recur in your life now and so it is your job to really evaluate the kinds of programs that you have accumulated in your life that actually don't belong to you because up until now or on your spiritual journey you might feel like this is a heavy burden that only you have to process and it's all your job to process which it is but it doesn't have to be a sad thing it doesn't have to be a bad thing it can be something that actually cracks you open and awakens you to your true divine nature awakens you to the, the gold the gold the treasures that are actually dwelling within you so in order to find that, in order to reconnect with that, in order to relight your connection to that, that's the purpose of my channel guys, then we have to do emotional uh, excavation. And the process that I like to use for this is essentially, whenever you find those old egoic mind patterns start cropping up again, like no one cares about me, no one listens to me, why do I just feel like I'm not good enough for anyone? And those things kind of recur and come to the surface, it is your job in that moment to really own how you feel but know that these feelings have no reflection on the actual deep inner core truth of who you are and the process um, that letting in letting go the book letting go by David Hawkins um, highly recommend you check out that book that's one of my favorite books of all time but in that book he goes through I'm sure you will have heard of it the scale of consciousness that of different uh, vibrations of emotion. So at the bottom you've got shame, shame, guilt, fear, anger, then uh, acceptance or neutrality, acceptance, willingness, and then you go up into like peace, love, joy, enlightenment. But basically these, when we do emotional excavation, we become uh, these archaeologists essentially, then it's really looking into ourselves digging deeper into our into how we're feeling in that moment to identify you know what 
what is the energy that is lodged within me right now? What is the energy that's stuck within me right now that I am refusing, either refusing to look at or unwilling to let go of? Because when we actually purge out those denser emotions, when we actually, we sit with that emotional habit or that egoic mind pattern that's recurring and we, we really start to witness it from a space of curiosity, like the archeologist is very curious the archaeologist is very fascinated by whatever it can find. Even when it's digging, we don't know. We don't know what's going to be under the surface, but there's that curiosity there. There's that sense of, wow, I wonder what I can find within this. And we become very curious about these mind patterns. We become very curious about these stories we tell ourselves. We become curious about what kind of feelings we are feeling inside, maybe a feeling of shame or feeling unworthy. We can really start to look at these things more objectively and we can actually really start looking at them with a sense of wow curious where did this come from where what is this is this really a true reflection of who i actually am in the moment when you're experiencing what i like to call the mind attack when you're experiencing an old egoic dysfunctional mind pattern for example i'm going to use the example of no one cares about me or i'm just not worthy of being cared for by anyone no one really gives a shit about me in that moment when you're experiencing that mind attack, the thing is, it's, it can sometimes feel hard to break free of that because you are so enveloped in it, you're so lost in it because you believe that it's true. But really see, this is why we have to start seeing past the distortions and understanding that the reason that you're telling yourself these things in your head is not because that's a direct reflection of who you actually are or how lovable you are, how valuable you are. It's the product of a voice inside of your head that was conditioned to say these things as a result of your past experiences. For example, if you grew up in a household where you didn't really feel acknowledged, you didn't really feel appreciated or respected for who you are. And so we can start really going back to this archaeological site of our emotional wounding, but in a very curious observatory mode. We're not getting so locked in it because, for example, when you go and visit archaeological sites, you go and visit ruins, you don't spend the whole uh, frickin' week there. You don't stay there for eternity. You go there simply to look at it, to admire it, perhaps for a day or maybe two, two days. And you go there to, to, study, to study and to admire. But you don't stay there. This is the thing about um, the spiritual healing trap is that sometimes we can go really deep into our past and really deep into our past memories trying to figure out why am I the way that I am and I made a video about this by the way that's called stop psychoanalyzing yourself which you can watch after our chat today but you'll find that very very helpful because I explained in that video basically that when we are um, looking at our past to see where we may have acquired our conditioned beliefs or where we may have acquired a, a perceived sense of low self-esteem we might stay there we might stay there trying to figure ourselves out even more and then it kind of gets into this pattern of feeling like we're locked in the story we're locked in the story because it's it's because this happened and it's because that person made me feel that way and i just feel like i'm never going to get over this and you get kind of gridlocked in that area in those times in those cases you are essentially staying put within the archaeological site and it is time for you to really bring yourself back into the present where in the present we become able to transmute old feelings in the present we are really able to understand and look we can take a trip into the past only to understand where these conditioned beliefs came from because when you have a better understanding of where they came from when you have a better understanding that perhaps they were handed to you unconsciously and, and you kind of then took it on as your own you, you thought that it belonged to you when we really understand the origin of these things we understand the history of them then we can really start to appreciate it in a new light because we see, oh, actually, this does not belong to me. This, this feeling of inadequacy was imprinted to me, imprinted upon me or handed down to me from people that were lacking in love themselves or that people that didn't really know how to convey or demonstrate love to me. And so in those cases, we really see that it's not your fault. It's not your fault. If you're experience, if you if you from from now on, if you experience a dysfunctional uh, mind pattern of worthlessness, inadequacy, just not really feeling good enough for other people's love or care, you must understand that it's not really your fault. Yes, it's your responsibility to become the 
the archaeologist and to transmute that thing but you must also understand that it's not your fault it's just the old the old computer your brain uh, playing out old loops over and over again over and over again and then breaking it's it's our responsibility sorry to break that pattern to shatter that pattern with our awareness so that we can really see with our own eyes and feel in our own bodies that actually these old programs no longer need to play they have expired they are outdated now so when we do the process of emotional excavation which i'm going to explain really quickly now because uh, we kind of went off topic um, in in david hawkins letting go book he explains that basically all you need to do is identify try and identify what feeling it is on that scale of consciousness that you are feeling when you're feeling down or you're feeling uh, out of alignment feel it to your fullest actively feel it and this is something that i i do almost every single day now whenever i'm feeling density in myself whenever i'm feeling resistance in myself and i'm feeling like i know it, i know it's there because it will make me feel less energized It'll, i'll feel tired for some reason i'll just feel kind of sinking back into a sort of oh god today's not going very well and i i i notice that i notice that in the moment i i identify why is this density here in my body and i feel it so for example this week i've really been feeling and purging out and excavating those old feelings of worthlessness that were resurfacing for me and this is part of the process you have to go through this process until eventually one day on your spiritual journey you have essentially run those feelings out dry and you've run those mind patterns out dry because the computer has repeated its code so many times that it's it can't run anymore it's essentially broken it's deleted from your system so that's how i like to see these these things in my life that's how I essentially like to emotionally detoxify myself and excavate anything that is hindering me from really knowing and appreciating my inner worth so before I filmed today's weekly groceries before I decided to come out into this forest and film I was laid on the bed I was laid on the bed and I was just crying I was crying because a lot of old things were resurfacing for me feelings of uh, not really feeling accepted for who I am, which oftentimes I, I get, I can feel that. I can feel that energy start to resurface whenever I'm around my family, which tells me and indicates to me that there's still work to be done. There's still, there's still treasures that I need to find. And if you see it in this way, you see it not as a hindrance to yourself, but you see it rather as something that's helping you to amplify yourself because you are actively seeking the lessons in things. You're actively seeking, what is this trying to tell me? Where do I still need to purge out an old emotion? Where do I still need to process and delete from my system an old mind pattern? Um, and in doing so, you become, you become the curious and open archaeologist because you're willing to seek the treasures wherever you go. You will no longer see these things as being a hindrance to your happiness, but actually things that are actually catapulting you into greater awareness. Because that's the thing about being on the spiritual path is that it's not always love and sunshine. It's not. It's really experiencing pain in your life, but ultimately knowing that that is serving you and it is pain that is the greatest teacher to serve you as your greatest catalyst for becoming and remembering, well, remembering your true, valuable inner self. So we need those experiences. We need other people to mirror back to us the things that we have not yet learned to heal within ourselves. And the best people that are going to do that for you is your family and people that you enter romantic relationships with. And what I was thinking about uh, when I was thinking about this idea of um, emotional archaeology is basically imagine that we're kind of we're kind of we're going around with our shovels, digging up our, digging up our shit basically, dealing with our wounds, tending to our um, things that need to be excavated from us, the denser emotions that we need to feel to the fullest and then let go because, oh gosh, I went on another tangent, I'm sorry, so many different ideas in my head right now. But before I get onto that, I'm going to quickly tell you about David Hawkins' um, letting go technique, if for those of you that are unfamiliar. Basically, you feel the feeling to the fullest, you actively feel it, and this is something that I, I do, I do all the time now. You feel it, you feel and you start witnessing and, and 
going into the feeling. So when I was laid on the bed earlier, I was really going into that feeling of shame. I was really going into that feeling of, why do I not feel enough? And watching my mind conjure those old, outdated mind patterns. Because the more you practice this, the more you do this, not only will you be able to bounce back quick, more quickly from when you are triggered by something, which is why I can sit with you here today and, and feel more serene than when I was laying on the bed earlier crying, is because I processed that. That was something that I was excavating, something that I was purging. And when you really sit with the feeling and you see it, you just see it as energy that's moving through your body and you start witnessing, especially through the practice of meditation, you start witnessing these old egoic dysfunctional mind patterns arising, you will eventually, the more you practice this, the less of a hold they can have on you because you're no longer feeding into the delusion of them. This is what they meant when they said, seeing past the Maya of the mind because the voice inside the head that's saying all these different mind stories and patterns of, oh, no one cares about me. I feel so shit about myself. Why can't I be like that other person over there? Why can't I just finally feel good about myself? Those are outdated mind patterns that will only stay alive for as long as you believe in them. For as long as you latch onto that voice inside your head, believing that that's a real direct reflection of who you actually are. That's the delusion of the mind. But the more you practice this, and the more you actually feel these feelings as they arise, with curiosity, with no judgment, with just allowing yourself to feel that way, like when I was laying on the bed, I was just like fully... The way I see it is that I allow myself to fully immerse myself in the feeling. I allow myself to go so deeply into it. It's basically being the archaeologist and digging, digging, digging deep because sometimes when we're looking for artifacts, they can be so deep below the surface, but you know the gold is there. So you keep on digging, you keep on going into it. And you, you what I like to do is I, I actively, I actively go in to excavate the feeling. Feeling it, what does it feel like? How does it feel like to feel this pain? And then eventually, once you've felt it so much that you're kind of exhausted, of feeling that way or you've kind of run the emotion out dry you have in that moment lessened the energetic charge and the emotional charge that it has over you and if you do this consistently every time you feel triggered by something or every time you feel these old uh, egoic mind patterns arising again you will eventually learn not only to detach from what you are seeing and what you are experiencing because you'll be able to more objectively witness that, oh my God, these things don't belong to me. These are just old, outdated things that I felt perhaps when I was a child that are resurfacing now. Not only will you be able to detach from them and start witnessing them with, a more, uh, with more clarity, because you understand that they don't really belong to you, you understand that they are expiring, but also they will occur with less frequency. They will occur with less intensity. So when, for example, I was writing this, it is very clear to me at the time of writing this, that I felt so deeply immersed in this that I thought that these things were true, that I genuinely felt a deep sense of, of worthlessness. But as I continue on my spiritual journey, as I keep on excavating these feelings as they arise through using the letting go technique and really allow myself to feel these feelings, knowing that it's okay to feel this way, it doesn't make me weak to feel this way, it just means that they're simply old patterns that need clearing out, that need kind of um, tending to. The more I see it in that way, the, the, the less I find, well, the less frequently I find these things to happen. So these days, um, I do get triggered by things, but it's not with the intensity. It's not with the, oh my God, I just feel so shit about myself as it used to feel in the past. And so really being on the spiritual journey is really a practice of alleviating yourself from that inner wounding by self-soothing by feeling these feelings and seeing it as just, it's kind of dead weight that's kind of locked in your body. It's energy that's been suppressed inside of your body that then needs to be expressed, then needs to, I mean expressing that it needs to be felt. It needs to be released by you. So earlier when I felt, um, when I was feeling sad and I felt this old pattern of conditioning arise again, I sat with it, I processed it, and it got to a point where I felt like I had excavated it in that moment to the point where afterwards I was laying there and I was like, thank you. Thank you for uh, feeling this pain. Thank you to my family who had triggered me in this way for allowing me to really see that awareness is everything. The presence with yourself is everything. Because in that moment, I was able to really be present with myself. I was really able to process what was going on. 
and at the time of writing this, I didn't really feel that equipped to, do, to be able to do that. I wasn't really on my spiritual journey at this point. So in that sense, I did feel a sense of helplessness here. I was very much stuck in my victim mentality there because I couldn't, I couldn't see the hidden treasure. I couldn't see the hidden treasure of what this was trying to show me. I couldn't see how that, that criticism inside of my head was actually teaching me how to really uh, summon the part of me that is able to love myself fully. And so we must see that any time that someone else criticizes you or any other time where your voice inside your head is belittling you, it's actually a golden opportunity for you to really seek within yourself. Where are you getting your source of love from? There is a source of love within you that is infinite, that is ever present. It is the love of God. And I don't know if you're new or not to the channel here, but we're not talking about a religious kind of God. We're not thinking about a monotheistic kind of God. I'm talking about the divinity that dwells within you. That source of love that is actually inherent to who you are. And when you start deriving your sense of value from that, knowing that that is who you actually are, that that genuinely dwells within you, you'll be less willing to accept programming from other people. You'll be less willing to tolerate the nattering, stupid voice inside your head that just says shit all the time. I always talk about that on this channel, is the mind is always chatting shit. <laughs> the mind is always chatting shit to you. It's always saying stupid things. As you become more aware of this, as you witness this more, as you come back into your sense of awareness, you'll just see that the mind is nattering all the time, just saying silly things. And the less you can be so invested in every little thing that it's saying, all the stories that it's trying to convince you about yourself, you will just start to witness this as just being this like blabbering thing that's going on in your head. And I'm not saying that that doesn't mean you're ever going to be triggered again. You're never going to be triggered again because of course, that's just part of life. But these triggers and things that really get you into a state of feeling that depleted egoic sense of self are really teaching you, where are you getting your source of love from? Is it from the divinity within you? Are you able to tap into that? Are you able to dig deep into what's going on in your experience and really see and find the hidden spiritual lesson within it? And the lesson that I was learning earlier and what I've really been learning um, this past week is that I choose to derive my sense of self-worth from within. I'm someone that does that now. I choose to be someone that does that now. It's not really anyone else's responsibility to make me feel good about myself. It's my responsibility to connect with that inner divinity, that inner stream of love, and decide that that's where I get my love from now. And this, the exact same thing applies to you. Because for so long, in my childhood and growing up, I became conscious that I was deriving my sense of worth from my parents or people that I would date, thinking that somehow I could, you know, dig, 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 dig in their archaeological sites and dig up their artifacts and then make them mine and find the treasure over there. But it's not, it doesn't work like that. We can't go up, go up to other people's uh, archaeological sites and dig for their hidden treasures and then call them our own. It, no, it's not like that. It's our responsibility to really own um, that we get to decide how we feel about ourselves, that we get to decide how we perceive of ourselves but I would feel, I would often feel like I was very sensitive um, and vulnerable to uh, whether my parents would approve of something or not, or kind of look to them for um, appreciation or recognition or acknowledgement. And this is a tendency within all of us. We want, we want to be loved in that way. There's nothing really wrong with that desire, but just know that your self-worth should not hinge on that. And that is the deeper spiritual lesson, the golden treasure that I've really been learning is to not seek other people, especially those close to me, like my, my family, to allow their own distortions or their own ways of being to be a reflection on the way that I choose to see myself. Because I noticed that I was always really sensitive to that growing up. I was always very sensitive to criticism. And there's this there's this thing ages ago that I read about um, what determines the, the success of a relationship. And someone did this study that was basically measuring people's 
bids to each other and a bid, an emotional bid, is when, for example, a couple will be sat together and maybe one of them says to the other, oh, darling, look at the bird outside the window. And in that moment, the other partner can either accept or reject the bid. They can accept the bid by, by saying, wow, oh, that's cool, and paying attention to their, their partner and really being present with them in that moment. Or to reject the bid, a great example of this would be for the other partner to just roll their eyes and just be like, oh, not now, I'm busy, I'm doing something else. And to not really have that loving presence with the other. And if you were someone that growing up or in your life, you feel like a lot of your bids for attention or your bids for someone to be present with you or bids to be uh, acknowledged and praised and loved were denied or rejected or you didn't really feel like you had access to a positive bid or a, a loving uh, acceptance of a bid then you might you might resonate you might resonate with that and feel like oh well why do i that's you might think oh well that's why that's why i've internalized a low sense of self-worth or not really feeling good within myself because maybe your bids bids so to speak were turned away when you were younger and i found when i kind of reflected on this idea because i really liked this idea of you know seeing that as a marker for i don't know how how true it is but seeing that as a marker for couples uh, compatibility and success together in the long term are they always rolling their eyes at each other are they always kind of dismissing the other or are they actually being loving lovingly present with each other um, that really resonated with me because I kind of reflected on that and um, felt that growing up I didn't really feel like a lot of my own personal bids as a child to to feel loved and to feel accepted for who I am to feel encouraged for my for who I am I didn't really find that to be very present um, when I was younger and a lot of people on spiritual path may also resonate with that you may resonate that with that as well uh, but that's why we're all here we're all here to really learn um, and connect to the deeper lesson of what this is really teaching us all along to to understand that our pain our pain serves a purpose and the pain of for example having your bids rejected or the pain of really uh, feeling like you've internalized a low sense of value from your upbringing is actually there to teach you how to really connect to the source of love that actually matters not one that's outside of you, not one that is derived by what your parents or your friends or your family thinks of you, but actually one that is derived from within you. And that is the deeper spiritual lesson that I find myself always coming back to and learning is where am I, where am I sourcing my sense of self-worth from? Where am I really tapping into my inner value? Is it through what someone does or doesn't do? Is it through what they do or don't say towards me? Is it through the... The, the critical eyes in which they're looking at me upon or is it determined by myself is it determined by my connection to divinity to my own sense of godliness that omnipresent ever available loving presence that is always by my side so I'm asking you right now to tap into that as well to evaluate that in your own life and just quickly contemplate that just while I take a sip of the uh, pineapple concoction and while we've been talking for 53 minutes this is a good episode guys mm. I really love being outside I really love honestly my favourite thing, one of, one of my favourite, I have a lot of favourite things in this lifetime because there's a lot of things to love about being alive. One of my favourite things in life is to be sitting here in nature, chilling, relaxing and making videos. Like, life is just great. <laughs> life is so beautiful. I just want to take a quick pause just to acknowledge that, that I actually love doing this. There is no place I would rather be right now than just here. Maybe I'd like to be a little bit warmer, but that's okay because I've got my little scarf here. And maybe I'd quite, I'd quite like, a, like, like a little crackling fire log next to me, just to kind of get a bit cozy. But there is really nowhere I'd rather be right now than just here, 
chit-chatting with you. I just love it. I love being here. Thanks so much for being here. It really honestly means a lot to me that you decided to grow with me today um, and to hear the insights that I have to share. So cheers to that folks. The reason I wanted to talk about this today, excuse me, is because I, when I was meditating the other day, the idea of emotional uh, archaeology came to me in meditation because I was thinking about this idea of purging and excavating old feelings and someone also commented the other day um, just appreciating and thanking me for for being real and that is something that I, I really hope to do through my channel is just be just be real <laughs> just be me just be as natural as possible, which is why I love the weekly groceries because I get to talk at length and you get to really see a full, unfiltered version of me because we, we do these, well, I try to do these in one take so you can fully see, you know, me and things that I have to share. And I love it as well because these are, these are insights and downloads that just kind of come to me spontaneously like I have other than the little thing I have here I have no notes I have no notes for for the weekly groceries rarely ever if if, if I do it's to write down um, certain key points so that I don't forget them because you know that I like to go on lots of different tangents you know I like to talk about lots of random different things so it kind of he helps me to keep on track but I love that we can just free flow together and I get to talk uh, about these insights and share them with you so if you are enjoying it if you did like today's episode please give a thumbs up and comment down below uh, your your biggest takeaway or just something that you want to share with me because I really appreciate um, your comments and I I like seeing what you think and what you have to say and if you have any questions for me questions that you want me to answer please list them down below because um, I would like to do another live Q&A, maybe another like live weekly groceries because, oh my goodness, there's a dog, there's a dog coming, <sighs> um, but I would like to do a, a live Q&A, sorry, I just got a bit sidetracked, um, I'd like to do a live Q&A, but this week, in fact in two days, eek, I will be Oh, wait, I'll let you see. I'll let you see where I'll be. I'm really, really excited. I'm basically going on a bit of a holiday, a holly bobs, as we like to call it, up north. <laughs> I had to explain to someone what holly bobs meant the other day. It's just a British slang for going on holiday or going on vacation, as those in the US like to say. Um, but I'm very, very excited to show you where this location is. Um, I'm going to relax. I'm going to relax. I'm going to have a, a, a lovely time uh, with someone very special to me. And yes, I'm very excited to film next week's weekly groceries there. But yes, any questions? Any questions? It doesn't have to be to do with me and my personal life. It could be your struggles. It could be your concerns. It could be things that you want to um, really dive, dive, in, dive into and become an archaeologist, if you will. So let me know those. Um, and before, before I forget, um, I'm starting a goddess circle that is called the Garden of Illumination uh, for women and we're going to be gathering on April 16th, I believe, at 7pm for the full moon in Libra for our very first women's circle and this is something that I'll be hosting um, on, excuse me, this pineapple is really coming up. I hope I don't projectile vomit everywhere. <laughs> that would be a very tragic end to the weekly groceries, but I'm not going to, don't worry. Um, that will be on Zoom. It will be a virtual group meeting that we're having and I'll be hosting basically my first ever women's circle uh, online where we will be delving into topics like worthiness, connecting back to your inner value, connecting to your feminine energy, helping you particularly those of you who struggle with um, feeling feelings of low self-esteem that crop up maybe in your love life, in your romances and in your relationships. So if that appeals to you, if you would like extra support, if you want to get live group coaching from me and really uh, delve into 
these topics with me on a more intimate level because we'll be in a, in a group online, you know, sharing together, talking with each other, connecting on a deeper level, then you can find the sign-up link in the description box below. It's on a donation basis um, because I just wanted to make sure that it's accessible to, to anyone really, so you can donate whatever amount you feel. It's kind of a pay-as-you-feel basis thing. So you can find the link to that down below. I'm very, very excited. Um, but otherwise, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for being here. Um, let's end by just taking a deep breath in together. A long breath out the mouth. Deep breath in through the nose. And long breath out the mouth. And just to say thank you to ourselves. Thank you for showing up today, for learning with me, for growing the garden of your life alongside mine uh, and to, to growing together. I'm very appreciative of your presence being here and I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next video. Bye bye.